everyone, and welcome to Behold, the podcast where we cast our all-seeing eye over the world of comic book adaptations and try to sort the super from the substandard. Who's we? Well, I'm your host, Andrew, and as usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Mick. Uh, no, I'm not a co-host. I present on my own. Ever since I suffered the trauma of seeing my parents killed, I've worked alone. Using my sense of justice as a shield against the world. You can present nearby, but we are not co-hosts. Wow, that was a really great and clever introduction that I've heard for the first time now. We, we have had a, a few technical issues getting today's show started. We are on our third combination of software and hardware to get this podcast recorded tonight. Yes, we, we, we are at a point where audio is being recorded. Mick can hear me, I can hear Mick, and anything else has just had to go by the wayside. Yeah. If at this point we get taken out by um, remaining debris from the explosion of Krypton, it'll just be, ah, must be Saturday. Yeah, really just like planetary obliteration can only make things improve. (laughs) Indeed. So, yes, today we are going to be holding DC's League of... No, it's... It's DC League of Super Pets, not DCs, which really throws me off for some reason. Mm -hmm. Let's just call it Crypto Etna Super Animo. Yes. Are they super furry animals? Um, I mean, one of them very explicitly isn't. That's true. So yes, this is the 2022 animated film, directed by Jared Stern, written by Jared Stern and John Whittington, and based on various DC characters, the main ones being Crypto the Superdog, created by Otto Binder and Kurt Swain, and Ace the Bat-Hound, created by Bill Finger and Sheldon Moldoff. And then, I know I usually do a bit of background stuff, but I'm thinking this is probably one where it's just easier to go into like who various characters are in the discussion. Yeah, very probably. I mean, let's face it, no one actually reads Crypto the Superdog, do they? He's sort of, I know he's had his own series, but... Um... I, I'm not sure he has had his own series. I, I think he has. I think there have been Crypto the Superdog runs. Yeah, I. I mean, there might have been there. There have been a lot of comics. There, there have. We've covered quite a lot of them over the years. We have indeed, and that's not even like half of. There, there are more than forty comic books, Mick, and that's as many as four tens, it and that's is. terrible. I know. I mean. To be fair, I think there are 40 titles just called Spider-Man with various 
suffixes and prefixes. Yeah, okay. You've got Amazing Spider-Man, Spectacular, Peter Parker, Tangled Web, Ultimate, Minty Fresh, Electric Green, 2099. Uh, Spider-Man, but is he is he a man or is he a spider? Spider-Man's Adventures in the Bathtub. Spider-Man After Dark. Spider-Man Nights. Spider-Man Noir. And some others. And is it Spider-Man's or Spider-Man? Spider-Man's is. Spider-Man's is right. Okay. None of which, of course, has anything to do with DC's no. League of Super Bets. No. But getting oh, more to them, shall I do a synopsis? To be fair, he literally did have his own Saturday morning series, Crypto the Superdog. Oh, yeah, yeah, he did have like a, a 90s cartoon series. 2005 to 2006. Oh, that's, that's later than I thought. That's noughties, that is. I think it's because it came out around the same time as some of like the DC animated stuff. I just lump all that together as 90s stuff. Right. <laughs> Even though to be fair, probably a fair bit of it came out in the 2000s. Yeah. So it looks it yeah, it looks like he doesn't have uh his own comic book series. Uh it just appeared in um Superman comics and Superboy comics. Probably Supergirl comics. And other assorted spin-offs. Yes. And Titans. Shall I? Shall I? And there's a live action crypto in Titans. Oh yeah. Forgot about that. Mainly because I keep doing my best to forget about Titans. <laughs> So, shall I do a film synopsis? Go on, then. So, as okay. always, full spoilers ahead. As always, full spoilers ahead. So, Crypto the Superdog, played by Dwayne Johnson, is a superpowered Labrador retriever and pet of Superman, John Krasinski. Crypto, Superman and the Justice League are able to stop Lex Luthor, Mark Marins, evil latest scheme to give himself superpowers using orange kryptonites. Wait, 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 wait. Does this now give us a new origin for Superman? When Black I... Bolt dies, no, when Reed Richards dies, he comes back as Kal-El. God, see, the problem is what you're basically describing there is Hawkman. <laughs> And the world does not need another superhero as complicated as Hawkman. <laughs> is he a pharaoh? Is he an alien? Is he both? Who knows? <laughs> Depends what day of the week it is. <laughs> so, as our heroes toss the kryptonite back into space, a tractor beam pulls off a part of it and delivers it to a pet shelter and into the paws of Lulu. Led by Kate McKinnon, a former LexCorp guinea pig, 
in both the literal and metaphoric sense, bent on world domination. Lulu uses the kryptonite to give herself telekinetic powers and leaves the rest of the shelter animals to die. They include Ace the Boxer, played by Kevin Hart, PB the Pot-Bellied Pig, played by Vanessa Bayer, Merton McSnurtle the Turtle, played by Natasha Leone, and Chip the Red Squirrel, played by Diego Luna. However, the orange kryptonite has also given them powers which they use to escape. Ace becomes invulnerable, PB can change size, Merton gets super speed, and Chip can shoot lightning. Lulu then kidnaps Superman. Uh, Crypto tries to give chase, but finds that he has lost his powers after earlier eating a chunk of kryptonite-laced cheese. And after Lulu captures the rest of the Justice League with an army of super-powered guinea pigs, a now powerless Crypto turns to the shelter pets for help. Uh, at first they struggle with their powers, but are able to come together as a team to fight the murderous kitten Whiskers. Despite this, they are unable to stop Lulu from freeing Lex from prison, who then immediately betrays Lulu and locks her in a cell. Lulu is able to escape, though, and captures Lex, firing him and the Justice League off on a rocket set to explode in Earth's atmosphere. Uh, Crypto regains his powers and manages to defeat the guinea pig army. He then saves Superman's girlfriend Lois Lane, played by Olivia Wilde, from a helicopter crash overcoming his jealousy of her, while the rest of the super pets rescue the heroes and Lex from the rockets. Enraged at the failure of I, I'm, I'm sorry, I misheard your description there. What I thought you said was that... <laughs> played by Olivia Wilde from a helicopter. <laughs> I mean, I mean I've heard, she could have been. I mean, I've heard of phoning in a performance, but... <laughs> Everybody else turned up I in mean, the voice booth. Olivia Wilde, no. <laughs> in a helicopter over the intercom. <laughs> I mean, do you think maybe what happened is that someone asked her if she had acting chops and she misheard it? <laughs> she brought an acting chopper. Right. Yes. <laughs> so, enraged at the failure of her plan, Lulu absorbs the orange kryptonite becoming a giant monster. Crypto uses his solar paw punch to defeat her, a move, which a move which involves absorbing enough solar radiation to cause a huge explosion, even though that will also kill the user. Crypto is saved at the last minute though by Ace, who uses his invulnerable body to shield him. In the aftermath, Clark proposes to Lois. All the pets are adopted by members of the Justice League, and then they decide to keep working together as the League of Super Pets. And then in a post credit scene, Crypto tricks Black Adam's dog Anubis, and both of them are voiced by former pro wrestler The Rock, into flying to Pluto. The end. So. Actresses playing their parts from a helicopter to the side. Actually, it's quite a, it, that would be quite a nice sort of like little nod, wouldn't it, to the Margot Kidder scene with the helicopter? Yeah, which do, I, I think the bit where Crypto rescues her is like a 
for the direct reference to that, isn't it? And 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 that's it, isn't it? This is just a series of references, really. The whole film is just it's a nodding dog to uh, DC tropes, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's a lot of sort of. God, I can't even think of the way. Basically, you watch it and you go, "Yep, that is sure a superhero film." Yeah. Like if if I had my big checklist of things that are in superhero films, that hits a lot of them. Yeah. I I, I think though with it, is where it works, is that whole thing of the kids love it because it's about some cutesy pets with super powers it's like Paw Patrol on steroids but adults can enjoy it because there are all those nods to the tropes from DC movies like the Batman origin story and stuff like that and it plays with them in a a humorous manner the stuff about like before obviously before the um, the movie version of Aquaman turned up, there was always the in joke about him being the least popular member of the Justice League and all the rest of it, in terms of comic book sales and stuff like that. Always the butt of the jokes, and there's nods to that. Yeah. Also, Crypto's secret identity is Bark Kent, and I like that yeah. a lot. <laughs> Yeah, it's nice. I think the, the humor kind of gets a little close to the line, but I don't think it's ever like obnoxious no. in the way that kind of some kids' films are. Even though it is like it's quite clearly targeted at them. But yeah, it's just it's a nice thing you can go, hey kids, do you want to watch a superhero thing? And you can also quite enjoy it yourself. Yeah. Which is good. It's one of those things I would say there should be more superhero stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I watched this while I was on holiday with the grandkids. And it was a night where I had to do a load of laundry. And that meant leaving them on their own for a few minutes while I loaded up the washing machine and set it going. And I just left this in front of them and they were fine. They were still enraptured with it when I got back. And that was great. It was just that nice little, it kept them occupied. I ended up having to watch it later when they were asleep because of said laundry duties. And definitely not because I dozed off after a long, hard day's walking and kayaking. Yes, good. Let's say that and everyone will believe it. Absolutely. I also like the fact that Batman is voiced by Keanu Reeves. Yes. That that was some good casting. Yeah. Um, I never thought Bat-Hound, uh, I never thought Ace the Bat-Hound was a boxer. Um, I'd be... No, but I think that this is kind of one of the tricky things exclusive to kind of super animals 
is I think over the years very inconsistent, like what breeds of dog they are. Yeah, but I, I mean, certainly with um, Crypto, and as I say, he's only ever a guest character in another comic, but I want to put him down as a Labrador. Yeah, I think usually he's like a, a smaller dog, isn't he? Yeah. Um, I, I, because is Ace the Bat Hound most recognizable from The Brave and the Bold? Was that the one that he was in? Um, I think it's, uh, he's. In the comics, he was a German Shepherd. Yeah, yeah. In the comics, a lot of the time he was a German Shepherd. But then I think also one of the more well-known versions of Ace was from the Batman Beyond cartoon, where he's just like old Bruce Wayne's dog. I'm pretty sure it was a Great Dane in that. Actually, yeah, he, he, he looks like Scooby-Doo with menaces. Yeah, and it's also a lot of time it's what dog does the artist want to draw? Yeah. Yeah. But definitely not a boxer. No, yeah, I'm not sure why they chose a boxer. I guess maybe it's just something to do with like the mouth, maybe. Maybe it was like easy to animate in a kind of a more expressive way. Could be, could be. But yeah, I guess that, that kind of brings me adjacent to like the, the main the criticism, maybe just weirdness about this film for me is I think it kind of doesn't really work in that what, what the film has done is gone, right? We've got Crypto the Super Dog and Ace the Bat Hound and they're Superman and Batman's dogs. So what we should do is we should do like every member of the Justice League has their own pet, and then that can be like the League of Super Pets, and that makes sense. And then they've kind of looked at okay, what super animals are there in DC, and realized that they kind of don't all map that well. No, and I think because um, Wonder Pig, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna stick with Wonder Pig. For now, I, I think her like actual name is Wonder Hog. Yeah, but there's there's a clip where all the where all the uh, where it finally sort of reveals that they are all now the League of Super Pets, and it reveals their names that they've chosen for themselves. One of the ones that I think comes up for one, uh, Wonder Hog is um, Pig Iron, which of course is one of Captain Carrot's crew in. Um, DC's cartoon universe, Earth Sea, yeah. as it's called. Yes, home of the zoo crew. That's right. Captain Carrot and his amazing zoo crew. But yeah, good stuff like that. So, like, I can see the logic of going, right, we've got Crypto and Ace, they're both great. Uh, Green Lantern, okay, Green Lantern doesn't have a pet. But there is a character called Chip, who is an alien squirrel, so we can put them in. 
then the flash well there's a character from that same earth sea called the terrific what's it was actually created in 1944 and is dc's first talking animal character so that works for the flash uh wonder woman what what pet does wonder woman have yeah it turns out wonder woman's pet in the comics is jumper the amazonian kangaroo because the Amazon's famous for its kangaroo population. Yes, it's, it's all over Themyscira. I'm sure I've seen something where she's had a cat as well. Uh, you might be getting mixed up with Streaky the super cat, who is Supergirl's cat. Ah, right, yeah. Might but yeah, the, but this is part of it, is that like... They've had to go, but we can't have a kangaroo because that's out of place in America. And then we can't bring in like most of the other Legion of Super. Because in the comics, it's the Legion, not the League of Super Pets. Because if you bring in like Streaky the Super Cat, Comet the Super Horse, Beppo the Super Chimp, or even like Captain Carrot himself, they have all characters with like the same powers as Crypto. So that doesn't really work. Yeah. And they can't really include Topo the octopus either who's Aquaman's pet so you've got like this weird mix of characters and then as well because it's it's weird that Chip like gets electric powers and then just randomly becomes a green lantern at the end yeah but it's clearly because they've gone uh we need a way for the animals to get superpowers okay they're all caught in this blast but then that doesn't really make sense for Chip so I guess we just got to give him random superpowers now. Yeah. And it just, it seems like there's been a lot of taking some kind of square pegs and trying to stick them in circular holes. Yeah. And that's, pic- that's my main thoughts. There's a picture of Ace the Bathound on, on the Ace the Bathound Wikipedia page taken from Detective Comics number 1000, and it looks more like Ace the Joker Hound. It's scary. Yes, that's... That's one of the... I was going to say weird things. It's, it's not weird because it happens all the time in comics. But Crypto and Ace have both... Basically, there have been a lot of different versions of Crypto and Ace. It's... Can you see it? Oh, yeah, just the, the one with, like, the big, weird, smiley face. Yeah. that That's going to give me nightmares. Yeah, because I, I think that is the version of Ace where he was originally one of the Joker's dogs. And the, the idea Joker's is, like, he gave dog. all his... Yeah, 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 like a bunch of guard dogs. And then he gave them all, like, basically card-themed tattoos. So, obviously, Ace is the one with an ace. But then Batman adopted him and made him Ace the Bat Hound. And sometimes he's just a random dog that he adopts instead. Right. And sometimes Crypto is from Krypton, or sometimes he's from the Phantom Zone, or sometimes he's from a different Krypton in an alternate universe, and sometimes he's just a normal dog. Right. It's good to know that the one thing that 
DC can be consistency with uh, consistent with is a complete lack of consistency. Yep, very much so. <laughs> I, th I think the general problem is, like, obviously they start in the Silver Age going, what are teenage boys like? Teenage boys like dogs. Let's give our superheroes dogs. Yeah. And then a few years later they go, I have no idea what to do with the superhero's dog. Let's just have them disappear. And then because everything in comics is cycle, someone else comes in. Remember that time Batman had a dog? That was cool. I'm going to give Batman a dog again. <laughs> That's how you open the next Batman. That's how you open Matt Reeves' Batman 2, isn't it? Bruce Wayne just sitting in a chair, looking wistfully at this childhood dog that he had. And having a conversation with Alfred about how it's a shame he ran away and was never seen again. And then suddenly there's a knock at the door. And when he opens the door, Ace just leaps through and knocks him to the floor. Oh, I don't know. I, I think what I'll do is I'll save it for the big finale. When, like, the Batman catches Husker, wherever it is, takes off his mask and it turns out it was Ace all along. <laughs> So, I think the problem with this is it's by necessity as a family movie a bit lightweight. There's nothing to really get your teeth into. There's a lot, as we mentioned, there's a lot of nice nods to uh, the tropes in the films. Um, little sort of nods to the identities of the comic books as well, like the, the opening scene with Crypto waking up and finding Kal-El. Uh, nearby and Kal-El sort of sits up and then his hair flops down into the yeah into the, the iconic Superman Kal quiff yeah um, so I think there's there's lots of stuff like that that's that's nice for for the grown-up nerds to uh, have a little chuckle at um, but I think for me, it's a long time before the superheroes, apart from Superman, it's a long time before the other superheroes are there to give the identity. And that bit feels a bit thrown together, like you say, the, the matching up of the super superheroes and the pets. Yeah, and especially... Because kind of two characters I didn't really mention is just two of the guinea pigs change size, change yeah. sides. Yeah. And then one of them can, well, he starts off turning into ice and he melts and he can turn into water. So he gets paired up with Aquaman. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. And then you've got like one that kind of sets himself on fire and he gets paired up with Cyborg. And that just seems very much like, well, these are the two we have left. Yeah. Which actually, to be fair, sums up Cyborg's role in Justice League as well. It is. It's exactly <laughs> how he's treated in the Justice League films. <laughs> Cyborg, the guy who is also there. <laughs> yeah. Actually, no, you know what? If they really wanted to stay true to the spirit of the Justice League, 
cyborg would have been paired up with the USB stick that Lola has attached to her ear. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think... I think it's an interesting dynamic. There's a, there's a, there's a, a little element that uh, Lula suffered from a bit of Stockholm syndrome when she <laughs> was being used and abused by Lexi's scientists. Um, but again, I think um, Lex is a little bit underused. Yeah, yeah, it definitely feels like. I was gonna say, doesn't really need to be there, but I guess it's kind of hard to like not have him in the film to kick things off. Yeah. But it's, I, feel, I feel like it maybe works better if you have Lex just in the opening and then he's just like in prison for the film. Like maybe, because yeah. they've already got Lulu who is the villain. Yeah. I see even like the bit where Lex, you know, he does betray Lulu, locks her up and then is you know, basically there. Ah, I'm the real villain. But then Lulu escapes and captures him like not that much later, five, ten minutes later. Yeah. And I, I think again, by by having Lex and Mercy and Lulu, it's running into Spider-Man 3 territory. Because um Lex and Mercy don't really have enough to warrant both being there. Yeah, and it does because well, I think we've kind of touched on the pacing a bit. Suddenly, it feels like it takes a while to get going at the start, and then quite a lot happens in very quick succession in the third act. Yeah, and I feel like you could have cut down on that just by not having Lex and Mercy because they don't really need to be there. Yeah. So, um, I think the, the voice performances are good. No one seems to be there, sort of either phoning it in, helicopters aside, um, or chewing on the scenery. Well, I mean, except for the bits where Keanu Reeves does absolutely chew on that scenery, but in a great way. Well, yeah, but that it's kind of necessary. Those are the bits where he's explaining why he works alone, and they're great. Yeah, actually, I, I do really like that bit. Where it's him and Ace doing like simultaneous yeah. why we work alone monologues. Yeah. <laughs> and it ends with him just jumping on Bruce and licking him all over. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um so yeah, I think it's quite a lightweight one. And I'm looking at the timer on our recording here, and I don't think we've probably got enough material to justify talking about it for another session so yeah. should we move on to are there any salient points that you haven't mentioned that you want to um guess the only other thing is did you think that superman had weirdly small hands It was the art style, wasn't it? 
it's that strange kind of not quite anatomically correct style that some 3D animations have. Um, he was disproportionate, wasn't he? Yeah, it was definitely very big head, very small hands. Yeah, and that see, this aside, is what wasn't... happens when you start. This is what happens when you start getting character design done by people who've been brought up on a diet of Funko Pops. Oh God, that's a that's a horrifying look into the future. Anyway, <laughs> that aside, definitely wasn't just because I didn't have the ranking list loaded up. <laughs> So it's it's time to write, time to put DC League of Super Pets on our list of films, going from a history of violence at number one, all the way to Morbius at number forty-one. Well, I think Morbius is safe. Well, safe to go to forty-two. Yeah. So... He's not going to have to do any climbing or strange mist-like jumping. Oh, Morbius. <laughs> anyway, speaking of vampires, uh, number 21 on our list is Blade. Number 22 is From Hell. Number 23 is The Old Guard. Kind of feel like League of Super Pets kind of belongs around about there. Well, maybe, maybe 25 because X-Men is 24. I feel like I'd probably put X-Men above this. Yeah, and, and I'm thinking, from the ones you've mentioned there, I'm thinking, which ones am I likely to watch again? And I think I'd probably watch this one again above the likes of the old guard and stuff, just because it's easy going, easy to watch. No, you, to no, no, you won't, Mick, because old guard is above X-Men, so that throws things yeah. into work. But if it was going in that area, so... And as you know, with the X-Men, I have that problem that I've probably seen it, but can't remember. That's Even though right. I re-watch all the X-Men movies in the run-up to an X-Men movie, and I still can't remember what happens in which ones, because they're so bland. That's fair. Anyway, I'm going to put DC League of Super Pets in at number 25. Just above Tank Girl. Because I think there are probably bits of Tank Girl I like better, but this is a more competent film overall, I think. Yes. Yeah, I think that's fair. Excellent. Yeah. You've got less than one minute to do your outro. Go! Oh, God. If you've liked what you've heard, you can find all our episodes on the feed or just wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and if you do like the show... You can leave us a review on your podcast app of choice or just recommend us to a friend. It's the best way for us to grow the show and reach new big old dog ears. So that's everything. Until next time, I've been Andrew. And I've been Mick. I work alone. So long and thanks for listening.